Hello, welcome to Chucked. I'm Charles Braxton and I'm here with Austin Charles and welcome to this new episode in which many of you are commenting you either have this first few minutes feeling like your life is being wasted or great value that goes somewhere and anything in between. Um, we do always promise an application even from way out in the left field of our of our uh, sometimes where are they going with this introductions in Austin today is voting day and uh, big things going on voting um, uh, seems to be a real high turnout today and which we're glad about people died for this right to vote I, I it's just it, to me it's still an awesome thing mm -hmm. to fill out that ballot you know even if I'm missing it you know there's, I try to keep up to date on the issues through the newspaper mostly, but uh, on the ballot, and, and it's just an incredible, incredible, incredible day. How, what, what's, what's, uh, how are you feeling today? How are you feeling about the Browns Sunday? You know, they got blown out by the Chiefs, but there was some hope in it, which is a remarkable indicator of how low our bar is, mm -hmm. that you get beat 37-21 and you come out of there with some positives. Yeah. Um, it wasn't as it wasn't as bloody as I thought it'd be. Uh, it wasn't, and they actually had a chance to really keep it close. Uh, the, the interception that Baker threw uh, when they were driving was was a was a, a killer. Um, but uh, one person's take was it's uh, it shows how low down they still are. Um, was uh, just getting young guys experience and not getting in, you know significant injuries. That's that's the success in the year. Yeah, not even is, winning yeah. any more games. No, the games absolutely. like yesterday were. Uh, I mean, there were some more injuries yesterday, but uh, you know, Baker had good experience, and he didn't get hurt. Yeah, and some young guys got you know, uh, Callaway made some catches and Joku made some catches. Like we've you know, as we've it's talked, we've seen them grow, growth, and yeah. that's basically the season there. Well, and you know, truthfully, now it's been proven it almost is a benefit not to win any more games. And if you can keep developing these guys, yeah, that's the win-win. Dorsey there, and you get a high draft pick, and mm -hmm. I can't believe we're sitting here talking about this because I thought this year was going to be, a, you know, I thought it was going to be a six-win season. Mm -hmm. I did. I thought five or six wins, which would be remarkable from zero and sixteen, and and yeah, they're looking at you. Look at their schedule. It's not going to get it's, easier. It's, it's, it's looking like 2-13-1 is what it's looking like. We, Fleming and Steve Holt and I, made our uh, our weekly top five, as we do each week. And, uh, yeah, the Browns have played on my top five. They played three of the of the mm -hmm. five. You know, the Chargers, Chiefs, Saints. Chargers Chiefs. and Saints. Um, and then they play Carolina, who's arguably up there. Yeah. They play... Uh, Baltimore again. They play Cincinnati twice. They, uh, it's not going to get easy. No, no, it's no. really amazing. Mm -hmm. But we do not put our hope in football. No, there we go. That's the spiritual lesson of the day, campers. <laughs> That's the spiritual lesson of the day. Don't put your hopes in football teams. Okay, mm -hmm. so stop doing that. <laughs> um, but the Cavs lost again last night. Should have won. They were up three. Turned it over. I, I have vowed to watch every game this year. I think I'm going to break that vow. It's just unbearable. There's that. And mm -hmm. um, today on uh, today on our Pizza Paul and Mary leadership session, I'm doing this that we're teaching on Ecclesiastes three. There's a time for everything. There's a right time. It's time to 
time to die, time to give birth, time to mourn, and a time to laugh. And I'm talking about timing, the critical nature of timing in leadership. Um, so much of leadership is good timing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think about the Cavaliers with this the timing that they happened to have the top draft pick when LeBron James was coming out of high school. It was just perfect timing mm-hmm. that they got him. And uh, this year it looks like they're going to have good timing with P.J. Barnett and Zion Williamson probably coming out mm-hmm. next year to, I think, once-in-a-decade type talents, it looks like. Mm-hmm. And uh, so maybe timing will be on the Cavs' side. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Speaking of timing, though, the timing of uh, all things political is coming to a head today. Mm-hmm. Let's all get on our knees and thank the Lord that there are no more political ads after today. It's a first world problem indeed, but boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, thank God for DVR. Mm-hmm. That uh, some of those, sheesh, man, last night. We were watching a. Sh- uh, I was watching the super uh, the uh, football game last mm-hmm. night. Whoa. Well, I hope you're not trying to sell anything else because there's nothing else being sold right now. That's the benefit of for for us. We only have an Apple TV, so we don't get any of that. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. quite nice. Yeah. So, uh, launch us today. I've been thinking. I've been reading a lot about Paul this year and um, understanding the apostle, the not apostle Wilkins. Paul, yeah, not Paul Wilkins. I spent a lot of time with Paul Wilkins, though. Um, and it's, I I find something interesting, how to th- how to th- looking at how to think through um, politics and talking about it with people and uh, all of our outlets to to share our opinions about it. Um, one thing that stands out about Paul to me is so I, I backing up, um, I got an email about um, you being too political. Uh, um, I forget which which message it was a few weeks mm-hmm. ago, and <clears throat> I uh, bringing up politics is not political. Yeah, <laughs> I brought up politics. Uh, it was uh, it was uh, it was um, yeah it was not to be praying, defensive. Praying for your enemies, I, I think, yeah. in the Sermon of the Mountain, um, you talked about um, Kavanaugh and, and that whole situation when that was going on, and um, part of one of my responsibilities is is fielding questions and. Um, theological and church uh, beliefs and stances, and so uh, this person was pretty upset that um, not pretty upset, but just this is church is not a place to talk about politics. It's not a place for that. It's only a place for the good news, and um, and so it got me thinking more concerning Paul. I, I've always thought, and I think Paul would hate this, but I've always wanted a bracelet that was WWPD. And uh, as opposed to WWJD, I, th- I just that helps me think more personally. Sometimes is what would Paul do? Yeah, it's it's a lot of the issue of today. Do we should we listen to Paul? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We should only be red letter Christians. Only what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. It gets into biblical inspiration, and hence Paul. Mm-hmm. So if you took out, as as I mentioned to you, if you took out um, anything that, that Paul mentions something political or something within the context of politics, you'd lose uh, much of the the New Testament. And um, But one thing that's interesting about Paul and thinking about that is, you know, Paul is the, is the great balance of, um, I've been, I've been, I try to think through these things with uh, 
people smarter than I. And so I've been in this email correspondence with Laura Buffington, a teaching pastor at Southbrook, and talking about Paul. And uh, she she put it well, and and that she sees Paul more as the mystic than the than even the scholar. And so, but he has these two sides: the 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 arguer and tyrannus, and the, and the the mystic miracle worker, the 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 the, um, the prophet in it almost and uh so i'm thinking about what you know what would what what would paul do and it's interesting uh, this stood out the most was that so i I do you know it's clear to me that paul engages in politics all the time throughout his letters but he never mentions nero i think that's really something that i haven't been able to think past that and why uh and what what that what that does for us with where we can't, you can't avoid politics. If you right, if you avoid politics, you're 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 being political. Um, but in an age of Trump and an age of, of more of figures than even politics, um, how Paul worked. I'm, I'm sure this is something you thought through. How Paul mm-hmm. worked through. He he was in politics, um, but but you don't see Nero. Right. Politics is policy. Policy is dictated by values. So you can't. I mean, Jesus was very political. Exactly. Exactly. Oh yeah. Exactly. You know. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar was the most political statement, the most politically <clears throat> defining statement ever made. You know, give mm-hmm. to God what is God's. He he established an order of personal ownership there, and there are some things that don't belong to Caesar. Not everything belongs to the government, etc. So yeah, I mean, he whether intentionally or not, he dictated government futures hugely with that one statement right there. Um, Paul was Paul. You know, it's like the, it's like. This past weekend, I was talking about do not judge, and there are no exceptions to that. There's no qualifiers, right? That, but you can judge Nancy Pelosi because she's evil, and you can judge Donald Trump because he's evil. And you, no, there's no exceptions. In other words, having a critical, condemning, wide, broad-sweeping spirit toward people—that that's out. Mm-hmm. That's not political. I always make sure I don't just say Nancy Pelosi or, you know, Donald Trump, but or, you know that. To bring up the context culturally in which we're living, that you cannot take politics out of that, is not political to do that. You ha- to speak into biblical application has to be in your context. Martin Luther said that if I don't speak to the needs of the day, I'm not preaching the gospel. I'm not. Pre- I mean, I mean, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I could, I could, yeah. I mean, I could speak on things that just. Wait, well, that's not relevant. So the, the Rise Above series we've been in at church was totally, totally, the timing of that was totally in the context of the vitriol. That, that Let me just give you a vision here. Jesus made it real clear. We're to rise above all that. Mm-hmm. We're to rise above hating our enemies and judging people. And there's no, there's no because you are happy to be on the right side, you're allowed to do that. No. And so, yeah, you, you Paul, Paul talked about it quite a bit. Now, I've... I've had to wrestle with it quite a bit in Romans 14, Ephesians 6, some passages, because my philosophy is is, is, is what would Paul do? Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, he's... He, so, for instance, is, is the, was the slave issue, six million slaves in the Roman Empire, was that an issue politically? Well, yeah, it was. And Paul says, slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear. Do it when their eye is on you, not only to win their favor, but knowing you have a master in heaven. Masters, treat your slaves fairly, right, with kindness and respect. 
So that was very political in terms of that eventually usurped the Roman authority, mm -hmm. the way Christians behaved under um, the tap of the spear, the two-mile thing. You know, if someone taps you on the shoulder and says you have to go one mile and carry my stuff, which you had to do under Roman law, that the Christians literally went two miles. They said, okay, we, we, we have a, a new power in us. That was political. That was political. It was, it was the vision of Jesus saying the, the kingdom is like yeast that works through the whole dough. You don't see it, but it's working in um, systems. Mm -hmm. And so that's where, you know, for me, I, I, I'm not, um, I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I, I, might, I just take my cue from that. Mm -hmm. You know, I take my cue from, I'm, I'm not, I'm, like some Christian leaders think, if you're not macro-influencing change, you're not affecting change enough. In other words, our church is going to march. And that's, there's a time to march. But I think Paul's focus and Jesus' focus was micro. It was the individual. Change the individual, you change the world. You can't read the Sermon on the Mount and see it as a macro march order. It's a micro transformation within each person, right? And then collectively, we create this heaven on earth body. We are the living temple now. Like collectively, we are the intercessory between heaven and earth. The church, we're bringing heaven to earth. And so that's where I get my cue uh, politically is in passages like, Romans 14, when he says, uh, Romans 13 and 14, when he talks throughout those narratives about being respectful of the authorities. Mm -hmm. And um, he told Timothy, pray for all those who are in authority. Pray for kings that we may live in peace. So very, very, the word used is subversive ministry, like the yeast working in to subvert the systems mm -hmm. of evil mm -hmm. and to overthrow those archetypes and bring about internal change. So that's why I vote, is because that's one way to do it, but it's also why I, um, you know, even my approach to abortion, it's an evil. I'm glad that we have people who are more um, causal about it. I, I, think, I think I may be there someday, but right now I want to affect change by creating a place for women to be loved for a people who who perform abortions to be loved, and to subvert that evil that way, mm -hmm. um, as you know, I follow Lila Rose. She's probably yeah. as vocal a critic of abortion as there is, and I and I support her, and and I and I think it may get someday where I just can't stands no more because of the evil, and I might change my tactics, but right now it's more. Subvert. I was reading an article of um, yesterday. I was in a meeting yesterday, long one that I didn't want to be in, so I was catching up on some reading. And uh, one of them was a, was one of the best articles I've read this year. Interview with uh, Eugene Peterson, and he said just some great things. The article is a monk out of habit. And if you don't know, Eugene Peterson is a pastor, Presbyterian pastor at West. God rest died his soul. Two three weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, he's he, a word he used throughout it was subversive. Subversive ministry, and uh, I think when one of the contexts he, was, he talked about it was um, friends he's made, uh, foreign friends he's made, and looking at America, they don't look at America at any 
they don't, they're not even, they're not attracted to America for any form of Christian value. They're attracted to America because of materialism and they're attracted to the selfishness and the nihilism essentially that America, that's what, that's actually what our, Hmm. the fact that our country is a goodness with coming from our country is not why he's saying people want to come to America. They kind of want to come to America <laughs> because they, they see you can be selfish here and you can live for yourself here and you can you can do these you can you can be the individual here and um, and so they were asking him how he teaches on that like you know how do you teach and this was an older interview but how do you teach on that with your congregation without really coming down and, and it's well I drive the same cars they do and I drive the I live in the same house as they do and I shop in the in the same um, stores they do. And, um, but he used that word subversive quite a bit in it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I thought of that you're, you're saying there is, um, I don't know if it was one of the commentators of a few of the terrible tragedies of the 20th century, Solzhenitsyn or Freud, uh, that said, um, you can't, you don't change the state, you change the soul. Right. And then the souls yeah. change the state. And, yeah. uh, and I, and it's, a, it's, it's, I think it, I think if, if I remember it right. Um, it came from uh, a, a translation of, 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 of Proverbs 16 around there. It's easier to rule a city than rule oneself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been thinking about that a lot through, uh, I think I was thinking through that with the, the, um, the series where the, 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 the weekend when you talked about um, Nancy Pelosi and, Kavanaugh didn't even talk about it. You just mentioned him briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, how do you have, what are the conversations that you have with people? Um, what do they look like when they're political? Um, and people want to know what I think. I think I do get that every once in a while. Our people want to know what I think. You know, our church is the size of a small city. So you think about that, you know, it's mm-hmm. or a small town, I should say, not city. Um and they, people want to know what I think. Uh, uh, I think people, are even at that, are still reticent to talk about politics. Um, I have close associates that I talk ab- about stuff pretty openly with. I, I'm very... Because the kingdom and the, and the the email that was sent in the whole point i think is as you represented it to me that about you know the the kingdom needs to be above politics yes and no the kingdom has to be involved in things that impact people's lives but where we're above that is indeed we don't get down and wrestle in the mud we don't we 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 fight with weapons that are not of this world but it's interpenetrating. It, yes, yes, yeah. yes, exactly. And we are uh, we are transforming the social order, hence government, so you know, social systems, through a transcendent love and power and value of human life, and the dignity of each person. And that's where I tend to take it. So, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I have a friend, a dear friend, who's who's very left. And uh, some comment I'd made last year on Chuck about, uh, uh, I don't know, or it sounded like I was uh, in support of Trump, for example. And he said, you know, he commented, and we have banter back and forth. And, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, I'll be honest, I, I, I think God can use any Pharaoh for his purposes. I said, I, I'm, I'm, be candid, I'm disgusted with both sides. I am. 
I'm 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 not anymore. I, and I know this sounds like I'm in the middle. I feel like I'm above in terms of trying to keep a kingdom view of things. I don't mean I'm above, but mm-hmm. trying to keep a kingdom view of things that um, I, I'm not for either side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be candid. I, I uh, Babylon B sent out a uh, post yesterday in their tongue-in-cheek in which they said, today, Christians either get to vote for the this, the party that makes an absolute mockery of their faith or the one that is uh, you know, militantly opposed to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's truth on that. I think one side just is like, it's almost a parody of our faith. The other side is, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a heated opposition to our faith, it's, it feels like. So, yeah, I'm trying to lead people as are many, many thousands of leaders. I'm not unique in the soul regeneration, because that, I truly believe, that's the hope of America. We can get all the right people in office we want, but if people are still coming in here for nihilism and self-gratification, we got tr- we got trouble in River City, right? I showed that video at church a few weeks ago of the two men helping the the woman who was paying pennies for her gasoline, using pennies to pay for gas. And they, it was, I guess it's two comedians, they stepped out of their van and they paid for her. Well, it was two black men helping a white man. And uh, I said, that, that, that's the hope right there. You want to see what's going to save America? That's what's going to save America right there. Mm-hmm. That was love in action. That was dikaiusene, the righteousness of Christ in action. That's the most political thing we can do. That's where my conversations usually go. Mm-hmm. You said something, something Saturday at the uh, players' training camp, and it makes me think of uh, how politics is – it. it the crux of how it can it can demonize the soul in a sense and and corrupt it and erode it it's a it's a really socially virtuous way to exact our illusion of control mm-hmm. you said something saturday that so much for our codependent so often for a codependent prayer can just be another means to control things mm-hmm. To live in an illusion of control, yeah. I think that was where maybe it comes back to it's it's easier to, to rule a city than to yeah. rule oneself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have, as, as a, what are you, 28 or 29? 20. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a joke from last week, folks. Um, be, being grounded, do you feel optimism for the future of your country. Do you, I mean, what, what's, you're, you're so immersed in theology and scripture and um, what, what, as you sit here today on voting day, how do you feel about America? Hmm. Your grandfather was a POW for 53 days fighting mm-hmm. for our freedoms, you know, I mean, you're there's rootedness in this in your family line, and yeah, I you're pa- you're in a patriotic family. I am, and I, I'm in a, you know I'm in a patriotic family. I didn't vote today, and I didn't vote for the last presidential election. And that's there's not some kind of I don't. It's not any kind of demonstration of my um, self conceived righteous thought. That is merely. Um, I'm not interested in that, and I don't think that's my one way I can help make the world better. 
and I don't engage in things that I don't know that much about. If I talk about something, I'm going. I've I've read about it to some degree. I've thought about it to a greater degree, and I've written about it to a certain extent. Talked about it with people that are smarter than me. Uh, and I don't. And I. And politics is something that I that for now, this point in my life, has stayed in the privacy of my own mind, f- for the most part. Um, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And um, but I, I don't certainly try to not not engage in it. I you know I. I, I try really. Try, I try to think through these things. Um, I think so. For the state of America, the best thing I can do is to um, is to do what I what I feel like my objective is as um, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus. Um, I think more clearly. I'm trying to define. I've mentioned it before that you know Bob Russell's 14 biblical truths that he will stand by and live by, and and more trying to etch away at um, a, a life mission statement and and what that is. And, I've, and I'm getting closer and getting mm-hmm. closer. And but there's a really but there but for what it looks like right now are big abstract thoughts that need to be chiseled down. But one of them is as a as a minister as a as some as a you know as a some kind of influencer and. Um, Helper, helper of people. Uh, I don't, I don't see as much use in. You, you mentioned theology. I don't see as much use in, um, you know, things like the existence of God and um, atheist argument. I think that's that's it's just that's just not as use. I do see my place in helping America and helping people around me um, is the scientific and scholarly attack on. The more specifically the historical Jesus versus the um, Christ Jesus, and having and, and and becoming fluent and effective in that discussion, um, because I think that discussion, I think, because I think it's very obvious and it, that it takes more faith to be an atheist, and I don't think anyone really at their core is an atheist, but the science, the the cognitive science of the attack of memory of first centuries Palestine and his people, um, like you know this um, book here. I think that's where my energy and thought needs to go to into helping helping mm-hmm. people and and the people and the, and the men that I disciple as well. You know, that's what I want to lead them to. If I, if I can if I can lead them to a place where um, Jesus was a really a real man, and um, and he's active in their life today. Um, I think that for me is is doing my humble simple part in. Changing the soul mm-hmm. that can that because you know a lot of my friends are f- probably much more capable in their lives of having a more macro effect I think than mm-hmm. I than I will mm-hmm. you know so I look at people like Gary Sweeten who he discipled a few people and now hundreds of thousands of people in Nor- South Africa <laughs> yeah are, Norway are, you yeah. know Norway you know yeah. are, are doing things that are that are you're macro and. Um, so I think in, in, in defense mm-hmm. of, of Jesus the Christ um, is my way of helping the soul, and um, maybe that'll help America. But for right now, politically, I don't. Um, someday I'll go on some big study about it, and I'll yeah. get into yeah. it. But it's just I'm just not yeah. there yet. Yeah, I don't think my country needs my opinion about it either. Well, right there now. are definitely plenty of opinions out there floating mm-hmm. around, uh, some uninformed. Um, but I, I I I respect that and I appreciate that and I I I just go back to for all of us for all of us who are thinking through this right now and just remember we are the salt of the earth we are the light of the world it goes way beyond the voting booth 
it goes way beyond what political offices uh, are are held. Are they held by people who are salt and light? I mean, that helps, right? It, it, that definitely helps. It, it does. Um, but it's not, you know, as Francis de, de Tocqueville said, America is great because America is good. When America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. That it's the soul that the remnant of people in our country who have the the righteousness of God, which is connected to justice. It's connected, that word is connected to setting things right. Mm-hmm. Um, that is comprehensive. I I want to impact people who are in politics, who are in our schools, who are in business, who are in, um, you know, lead an exercise class for crying out loud. You know, to to impact change, we have to impact across, across all those spectrums. And and I, I agree with you that my philosophy has always been micro, Mm-hmm. And uh, I took my I took my cue from what I perceived to be Paul and Jesus, mostly Jesus, but that, also Paul's method. That quote of um, I'm sure you saw it that Eugene Peterson quote where uh, he said he said you know Franklin Will, William Faulkner only knew two or three square miles of Mississippi, and obviously mm-hmm. Faulkner is one of the great prose writers yeah. of the 20th century, yeah. uh, as I lay dying and others and. Um, he said, I want to know two or three miles of my community, my church, yeah, and yeah. know it really well. Yeah. Yeah. I um, love that. That was good. You posted so is that, that So is that, is, that, is that kind of how, you know, to kind of come back to that um, for the exegetical nuts out there, is that, is that how um, Paul found his way to talk politics and not talk Nero? To talk politics and not talk Nero? <coughs> yeah. He, he found it, yeah. it was about the soul. It was about the soul. It was about what, what. You know, as again, I'll just going by his letters to the churches. What's in you that you're letting out that models rightness? That's that's our main task as as representatives of Christ. And just uh, you know, again, you can look it up: Colossians four, Ephesians six. The the address to slaves who were in the church. You know, you had you had churches where slaves were elders. <laughs> you know, and masters were. In the church, as a different order, masters are subservient to people who were Roman slaves, and just a, and a new a new kingdom has come where all those social orders are up turned upside down, and the ground is level, and and that to me is when we can get there, and we don't have people striving and scratching for power and dominance and control. That's that's the salvation of our country. We're glad that you joined us for this episode of Chucked. Go and be salt and light to your school, to your business, to your neighborhood, and you will definitely make change happen. Mm